Today, April the 21st, 2019, today, different than the word yesterday, isn't it? Yesterday's past. Yesterday's gone. It's, it's done. It's over. The good is fleeted away. The bad is not there. It's yesterday. Today is different from tomorrow. Tomorrow brings about feelings of uncertainties, doubts, questions, fears, confusions, maybe hopes, expectations, possible wish fulfillment. Today, the present, the here, the now, the immediate, this is the moment. I think today is significant. I think each day is. But I think that today, Sunday, Easter, Resurrection Day, God has something He wants you to know. In fact, I think that's the reason why you're here this morning. You might think you're here because Mama wants you to come to church on Easter. You might think you're here because a friend invited you. You might think you're here because this is something you do every week. You might have just come because you had the urge to come to church. And those might all be real reasons why you're here. But I think even more than that, God in heaven wanted you to be here today. Because he has a message from heaven to share with you. And in order for you to hear what he wants you to hear today, we've got to look back a couple thousand years ago to something that he said, something that he did. In the Bible in Luke chapter 23, we read the story of this man named Jesus marching up a hill called Golgotha, or Calvary, you've heard it translated in the Latin. It simply means the place of a skull. It wasn't a giant mountainous peak, it was just a hill outside the city of Jerusalem, but everybody knew that little hill. It wasn't a place where people had memories that they cherished. It wasn't a place of happiness. It wasn't even a place of life. It was a place of sorrow. It was a place that people wanted to forget. It was a place of death. Translated in our English language, it simply means the place of the skull. And it was here that God's son Jesus marched carrying the load of a crossbeam on his back with two other people alongside him. These men were criminals, thieves, perhaps even murderers, undergoing the worst form of Roman punishment imaginable. You see, the Romans liked to execute people by way of crucifixion because it prolonged suffering and made a public example of how you ought not to live under Roman rule. Crucifixion was reserved for people that Rome despised. People that 
they wanted to demonstrate their authority over. They dare not cause an insurrection or make more people live in the same train of crime which they had gone down before. And it's there that we find Jesus on that day crucified between two thieves, criminals, hanging there on his cross. And we read in Luke chapter 23, verse 39, the story. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ, the anointed one from God? Save yourself and us. After all, this word Christ meant anointed one. It's the same word in Hebrew, Messiah, that means anointed one. This anointed one was the one for whom the world had been longing. The one who was going to save people, overthrow an oppressive government, and establish God's kingdom on earth. And if Jesus was this Messiah, this Christ, him hanging on a cross was certainly not the picture people had had in mind of God's Son reigning over the world. And there he was, dying. Dying between two criminals. I mean, it couldn't get any lower. It couldn't get any worse. It couldn't be any more tragic of a place for God's one and only Son to be. And as if that wasn't enough, one of the very people crucified next to him starts to call him every name in the book. You guys know how wonderful it makes you feel to have somebody chew you out and curse you. And this is what Jesus experienced. This man, we don't know his name, and we don't know exactly what he had done, but we know he deserved to be there. This was his punishment. He had to hang on a cross, a criminal of the government. And maybe to assuage his guilt, maybe to make himself feel a little powerful in the moment, he turns and he looks at this person over to his side that everybody had been talking about. He had heard the stories of Jesus teaching with authority and power and performing miracles, even raising the dead to life as he awaited his sentence on death row. But when it came time for his own encounter with this Jesus, he didn't ask him to perform a miracle in a way that he believed Jesus would actually do so. He didn't tell Jesus to give him a good promise of hope to endure the suffering he was experiencing. Rather, he simply said, aren't you the Christ? How about you save us and save yourself if it's really you? Probably out of anger, despair, even fear. Not fear that respected Jesus, but terrifying fear that his life was coming to an end. And there was another criminal crucified next to Jesus. Verse 40 said, the other, on the other side, answered. 
and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear or respect God? Since you're under the same sentence of condemnation. And indeed, we're suffering justly. For we are receiving what we deserve for the deeds we have done. But this man, referring to Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. That man, we don't know his name either, do we? Nor do we know exactly what he had done. We don't know the crosswords he has spoken before his criminal action. We don't know the lies he might have told to cover it up. We don't know the attitudes in his heart before he stole or killed. We just know he did something awful. Something deserving of the worst punishment possible. Crucifixion. And this man too had likely heard of Jesus. The miracle worker and the wonderful teacher. But when he came close to Jesus, most likely scared that his life was coming to an end, most likely realizing the foolishness of his mistakes, the words he had spoken and the actions he had performed, instead of making fun of Jesus, instead of doubting Jesus, he hung there admitting that he deserved to be there, but that Jesus did not. And in verse 42, this man goes on to say something interesting. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was difficult to talk from a cross. It was difficult really to do anything on the cross. Difficult to breathe just to stay alive. You would have to push up with your legs behind you, either nailed or tied to the wooden post. And you would, if you had your hands outstretched, try to pull up. The pressure would cause horrific pain. But the only way you could continue to breathe and maintain life was to push up and bear the pain. And to try to get out words was excruciating. And this man utters these words. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I find it interesting that he said those words, don't you? He didn't say, Jesus, why am I here? He didn't say, Jesus, could you get me off the cross? He knew why he was there. He was there because of the wrong he had done. He didn't ask Jesus to take him off the cross. He knew he deserved to hang there. He didn't say, Jesus, would you just make this day go away? He knew this day was a day that he had to face. He didn't say, Jesus, would you... Help this to end quickly. He deserved to suffer for what he had done. Rather, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was an admission 
of his own guilt. But it was also belief in who Jesus was. His buddy on the side mocked Jesus, calling him the Christ, the anointed one. But this man comes to profess that Jesus is not just the Messiah. He's the king. Remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. And he didn't know how Jesus would respond. In fact, if Jesus had told him to be quiet, he probably would have just hung his head in shame. If Jesus didn't respond, he probably wouldn't have looked surprised because after all, it was difficult for him to get these own words of his out. But Jesus neither rebuked him or ignored him. Jesus responded in verse 43. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. I love what Jesus said there. Jesus didn't make an empty promise like a politician does. A word that he couldn't keep. Jesus didn't make one of those cheap things that we call pinky promises. An adult just telling a child they'll do something just to get them away for a little while. Jesus made this man a guarantee. In fact, Jesus started off his talk with this word truly. In the Greek, amen. Amen, Jesus said to this man. Amen, I said to you. To you. Think of all of the people there in the crowd. Jesus' own mother was there, Mary. One of his 12 disciples, John, his beloved, was there. Lots of Roman officials around. People mocking and jeering Jesus. People crying over Jesus. People just curious to see how Jesus' life would come to an end. But yet Jesus singled out this one man. Truly I say to you, today. Today? I mean, today of, of all days. The day that Jesus was hanging on a cross. The day that these criminals were dying for the trespasses. The iniquities, the sins they had committed today Jesus didn't get it wrong he said today you shall be with me in paradise that man asked Jesus to remember him when he came into his kingdom how could Jesus make this promise that today this man would be with him in paradise Surely Jesus wasn't a fool or had a twisted sense of humor. The cross was no paradise. But Jesus knew that the way to paradise was through the cross. When he died upon the cross, he was not dying for his own sins. He was dying for the sins of the world. The sins of the jealous Jews. 
that had led him before Pilate and Herod to be tried and executed. He was dying for the sins of his Roman torturers who beat him with the cat of nine tails and nailed his hands and feet to the cross. He was dying for the sins of his disciples who had scattered and run away and left him to fend for himself. He was dying for the sins of his own mother standing there in the crowd weeping over the death of her son. He was dying for the sins of his nation. Those Israelite people that had been chosen and called of God to follow him. He was dying for the sins of the pagan Gentiles who had not yet come to know the name of the one true God. He was dying for the anonymous in the crowd. He was dying for the sins of all of those who had lived before him and the sins of all those who had come after. Jesus was also dying for the two thieves there on the crosses next to him. And he promised this man that day that he would be with him in paradise. Because when Jesus died, he opened the way for us to spend eternity with God in heaven. He gave us the promise of eternal life, the hope of resurrection. Hope that is even more than the sun rising each and every day. Jesus Christ, that day, came into his kingdom. And that day, he also gave to this man who deserved punishment, who deserved execution, who deserved crucifixion. He gave to this man the gift of eternal life and remembrance in God's kingdom. And here's why this is so beautiful and so wonderful for you and for me. And here's what I think God wants you to hear today. All of us have done wrong. You might have lied to your parents when you were little. Or cheated on a math test at school growing up. You might have beat your brother up every other day. You might have gone on through high school and started to make some foolish decisions. Not just telling little white lies to your parents, but outrightly rebelling against authority. Hiding the fact that you were doing things you knew you weren't supposed to do. You might have engaged in all type of activity that you knew was wrong. Felt so good in the moment, but you felt so bad afterwards. It could be all kinds of things, could it not? Sexual immorality. Temptation of giving in to drugs. Drinking way too much alcohol. Engaging in lies, deception, and evil to hurt your friends and family around you, all to make yourself look better. In fact, I would dare say that even though we haven't committed, many of us, the worst sins when we compare ourselves to others, 
There's all kinds of evil and wickedness and immorality and ugliness deep within our hearts. And we come to Jesus face to face with him and we encounter him. He doesn't see us dressed in our Sunday best with our nice Easter clothes on. He doesn't see us looking good in front of the mirror, thinking how proud of ourselves we are. He sees us for who we are and what we are, sinners who have done wrong against God. But yet when he looks at us, he doesn't say, get away from me. He doesn't ignore us and brush us off to the side. He offers us the promise of forgiveness of sins and eternal life with him in heaven. I want you to understand this. When Jesus Christ died on the cross that day, he was dying for you and he was dying for me. He was dying for the person who's told lies and covered up sin their entire life. He was dying for the person who thought that they were so good and so religious and had kept all the rules that they didn't need him. He was dying for the person that committed murder. He was dying for the drug addict. He was dying for the prostitute. He was dying for the homeless person. He was dying for the rich person. He was dying for the poor person. He was dying for the people who wouldn't believe in him. He was dying for the people who didn't love him. He was dying for the people who didn't know him. He was dying even for the people that hated him and lived in rebellion against him. And when Jesus looked at this man and said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, Son, you can be in paradise if you'll do X, Y, and Z. He said, Son, you'll be with me in paradise today. Jesus didn't say, you got to read your Bible every day. Jesus didn't say you got to pray all the time. Jesus didn't say you got to give me a bunch of money. Jesus didn't say you got to get everything right first before I can forgive you. Jesus didn't say that you got to go to every single person you've ever wronged and apologize. This man just cried out to Jesus, would you remember me? And Jesus said, yes, sir. I tell you, even today, you'll be with me in paradise. Can I tell you that that's why today is so good? And that's why today is so great. Jesus was crucified on the cross that day for our sins. He would be laid in a tomb that evening. And then on Sunday morning, he would rise again to new life. A sign that he could make good on this promise to this thief, this criminal on the cross. The assurance, the guarantee that he can give you life even today. Because Jesus died and rose again some 2,000 years ago, he offers you life and salvation today. That's why the Lord wants you here this morning. He wants you to hear that. He wants you to know it. He wants you to remember it. He wants you to believe it. He wants you to live it out. Maybe you're here this morning. And let's just be honest. You've never really come to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You've never really come to the point where you've admitted Jesus really did rise from the grave. 
It's not just an Easter bunny or a Santa Claus story. He's real. He came back to life. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're a Christian who's heard this message many times before. And somebody who's believed a long time ago. But you just need to be reminded that God looked at you when he sent his son into the world. And God had you on his heart and his mind while his son hung there on the cross. And if you were that person crucified next to Jesus, deservedly hanging there for the wrong that you had done, if you just simply cried out in humble confession and genuine faith, Jesus, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? He would look at you every time without batting an eye, with deep love in his heart, knowing he was bearing the pain for you and for the sins of the world, and say, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Would you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Maybe you're here this morning, and God is speaking to your heart. Would you just respond to him? Maybe right where you're standing, you need to tell Jesus for the first time in your life that you believe he died for your sins on the cross and you believe he rose again. Maybe yet again in your life you're a Christian but you just need to come back to that first point when you believed in Jesus and say, Jesus, thank you for loving me and thank you for setting me free. As this song is played, I'll be standing down here in the front if any of you need to come and speak with me, I'd be happy to do so. Maybe you just need to come to this altar and pray. Maybe even where you're standing, you just need to spend some more time listening to the Lord or talking to Him in prayer. As God calls you today, would you come to Him?